Hello everybody, welcome to the live daily devotional. So it's good to have you all of you here. Let me just get this one on as well. So now I can see everyone, all the comments on Facebook and YouTube. Hi Janine, it's good to see you there. Uh, let me just get this thing on as well. All right. So uh, I want to speak about knowing Jesus <laughs> and what it means. So I think a good place to start. Hello, Marv. Rieta and Paul Vessies, like I'm here to see. Okay, so uh, I want to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we know God different than we know people, in a different way, in a different, with a different connection. We know him, but we know him different. You know, I know my wife in a different way than I know the rest of the people. I know my children. It's a different relationship than the, than the relationship with my friends. So, uh, in a, it's also a different relationship. But it's a relationship that goes into a different dimension, into a different realm. So, the communication will look different. It's a different connection. All right, so hello, Dini. Good to see you there. Hello, everybody watching. Uh, right, so Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 says the following. Now, I mean, if there's something, one theme that comes through in what we say here is, uh, I have died and Christ is risen, right? And uh, he lives inside of us, okay? That's the Christ life. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, not I that live, Christ lives. So that comes through repeatedly and consistently. So we need to just pay attention. Hello, Mars, local Martesin. Um, so, right, so 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. So there's love that's inside of us that moves us. Love that it, 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 that's inside of us that directs us, that speaks to us and from us. So God is love. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, The love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. Okay, so the love of Christ controls, urges, and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. So there's the first thing. We live for him and we live to him. So, and then afterwards we live from him. So out of fellowship with him we live. So we are, we become his visible part. Okay. And he becomes our invisible part. All right. So, he died for all so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves but to and for him who died and raised again for their sake. Now, consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we no longer 
that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. So the relationship is spirit to spirit. The relationship is not flesh to flesh. So if you see someone's body standing here, there's a certain way of relating to that person. There's a certain way of communicating with that person. Now, if we expect that experience with God, we're going to miss him. The way God speaks is not going to be like that. It's not going to be five senses realm. Okay? So, uh, so we long to experience him as though we experience him with five senses. Seeing, hearing, touching, smelling. And I believe that those things are in the spirit available and so on. But that's not the way we relate to him. We relate to him spirit to spirit. He has given to us his Holy Spirit through faith in the gospel, Galatians 3. He has saved us by grace through faith. The salvation that came is the Holy Spirit. His love has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now, since we have that love, he says the love controls, urges, impels us. So he is so part of you that you can think it's your own thought, but it's him. You can think it's your own emotion, but it's him. You can think it's your own idea, but it's his idea. So we need to understand and learn and trust when he speaks. This is not me, this is him. So if I'm not seeking my own thing, if I'm not living for myself but living for him, then it's easier to trust him when he speaks, knowing this is him speaking. How will I know the distinction between his thoughts and my thoughts? This is the first distinction. My thoughts are selfish and live for me and seek my own desire. His thoughts seek salvation for the world. His thoughts are love that touches someone else. He's, when we start to know his character through faith in the scriptures, it's easy to discern his thoughts in us. But when we live for him, not a selfish life, then he, his love inside us moves us to do things for people, to speak. I mean, here we are in a lockdown. I'm standing alone in a building talking to a camera. Why? Moved by love so that the word can go out and touch people's lives. Knowing that certain thoughts that have risen in my heart from the scriptures is his voice. Speaking from that place of fellowship, bringing a message to people and it touches lives. All right? So, one example. Okay, so when you wake up in the morning, your goal for the day is to know him, is to have a heart. Not heart, heartburn, but a heart-burning experience. <laughs> a, a flaming heart experience with him. To have your attention so zoned in on him, living for him and living to know him, living for the sense of him, living for the knowledge of God, living for that personal experience of him. And everything you do in the day needs to fall in line with that goal. Because that is the meaning of life. That is the most important thing, is to know him. Now, how do we know him? We know him through the spirit 
and not by the flesh. Okay? We have such knowledge of him. So it's the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, we now know, estimate to God no one from a human point of view in terms of natural standards. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Also, uh, the Jewish people were waiting for the son of David. Okay? Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Last time he was called that in the word. Okay. Jesus, son of David, son of David, son of Abraham. According to the flesh. So, he died and was risen again. We know the risen Christ according to the spirit. We don't relate to him walking in the flesh, standing around, demonstrating the Father, showing the spirit. We relate to him in a deeper way. Even then, him walking around, healing the six acts, 10, 38, how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. God was with him. Now we know him in a different way. Now we know him in such way that he is inside of us and he does those same things through us. So that means that the knowledge of God, the love of Christ inside of us will move us so that we look exactly like him. And he finds expression in us and through it. So if that connection is there, to know him after the spirit, then people will see, look at my body and see him. When I speak to them, they will receive him and know him after the Spirit as well. And they start to look like Christ as well. So it's a different relationship. Don't expect to, to know God in terms of your idea of how relationships normally work uh, in the world, in the touch, feel, see realm. So you're going to experience him different, he's going to speak differently. He's not going to speak to you in an audible voice. I know there's testimonies of that and it's happened, but it's not the way God operates. God had, the Father did speak in an audible voice, saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son, hear ye, Mount of Transfiguration, an audible voice. But you didn't hear the Father, some voice speaking everywhere Jesus did something, or when Jesus said something. Jesus was the mouth, mouthpiece, so you heard the Father speak when Jesus spoke, when he opened his mouth. In the same way, people are not, not going to hear Jesus speaking unless you open your mouth and speak. So how are you going to hear? The Scripture, the Spirit, moving, speaking inside of you. So the main way is the Spirit thinking in you. You have the mind of Christ, First Corinthians 2. The Spirit reminding you, Paul writes to uh, who was it, uh, to Timothy, I think, uh, he says, I, I want to stir you up by way of remembrance. So he reminds us of, of miracles that we saw so that we can have an idea, oh, I, this is what I need to do. He reminds us of, of scriptures so that we know, oh, this is what I'm supposed to say. He will remind you of spiritual experiences. Wow, this is guiding me. This is where I'm supposed to be going in the spirit. He will remind you of stuff that men of God told you, prophecies. He will guide you, move you. Okay, so it's remembrance. But then there's personal experience with him, experiences. Experiences with being overwhelmed with his love. 
experiencing like uh, it feels like a fire burning in you. So you, we live by faith in the word, not by sight. So we don't go for the feelings. But the feelings do come and he does use it and he does speak through those. So sometimes in the prophetic specifically, you get just an unction, a feeling. Or not a feeling, it's not really a feeling, but you just have this thing in your heart. It's like a glimpse, this guy's got toothache. Or maybe you just feel prompted to say a certain thing. And when you start speaking, the next thing comes. It's sometimes you, something deep within, within you that you need to give expression to until you feel, okay, it's, it's time now. All right? But sometimes it's a dream. Sometimes it's a vision. The Spirit works in different ways than normal relationships. So don't seek God trying to make Him <clears throat> reveal Himself to you in the same way that you would see your friend. Or that you would speak to your brother or your mother or someone. Okay? It's not going to be the same way. So sometimes we, people have this burning experience in their heart. And they're right in the middle of the will of God. And they, man, they, they're going for it and they're doing it. But they, they have this nagging thing. Man, I wish I could know God. Meanwhile, they do know Him. So just understand when he speaks that it is him that speaks okay recognize when he does something and rejoice in it knowing that you know him okay so sometimes we need to understand i do know god so that knowing is sometimes just the feeling of a burning fire in your heart sometimes it's just joy and peace that's supposed to be all the time. Sometimes it's just, you're just so thankful. And you just want to worship him and pray. Sometimes it's, it's an urgency to call someone. So, you know, it's so, so many different things. It's the love of Christ moving you from the inside. All right. So we know no longer Christ in terms of the flesh, but we know him after the spirit. Okay. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, uh, do not be deceived, verse 33, evil companionships, corrupt, depraved, good, and depraved good manners and morals and character. So now, if we see that a fleshly relationship with people can cause you to be insensitive to your spiritual relationship with God. So... It, it's almost like you hear a law preacher and that veil comes. It's the same way with evil companionships and sin. Okay, so he says, don't be deceived. Evil companionships, uh, associations, <clears throat> corrupt, depraved, good manners, morals, and character. So we know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. So now because we know the love of Christ because he has shed his love in our hearts and we start to operate through the flesh. Now our natural relationships start getting a deeper meaning and we live no longer for, them, for ourselves but for others. So it's an outflow to give expression to this love that is on the inside of us. So if we give expression... Now we're ministering him to that person. So the connection is spirit. The connection is not flesh. If the person out of their inner 
evil experience and desires uh, approach you, and, and that becomes your connection. He says, evil companionship, depraved, good character, good, good morals. Okay, so just, just remember this. You have now the love of Christ in your heart. We know no person after the flesh, but after the spirit. The spirit is love. We give expression. Okay, so let's just quickly jump to First John chapter 4. Just listen to this. He says, uh, Beloved, let us love one another. For love springs from God, and he who loves his fellow men is begotten of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God, to perceive, recognize, get a clearer knowledge of him. Aha. So, if I know him after the Spirit, and I start to experience him, I pray in tongues, I am in the Word, like Bill Johnson says, I just read until, until he speaks to me. I read until something speaks to me. I read, expecting the Spirit to speak. Okay, praying in tongues, stirring up, up the gift. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy and he says, stir up the gift, uh, that inner uh, gift, the endowment, the uh, impartation that you have received by the laying on of hands. Praying in tongues. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Stir up the gift. Okay, so now you have the gift stirred up inside of you. Man, now that love is active. So now, if I want to know God, if I want to know who this spirit and this love is that is dwelling on the inside of me, I need to give expression. So the moment I make the choice to give expression to the love inside me, the love of Christ moves me, impels me, for uh, Christ died and we all died. Okay, so now he says, if we love one another, you're born of God. It's a, it's a sign or proof that you're born of God. And when we love one another, he says here, verse 8, no, verse 7, it's begotten of God and is coming to know, understand God, perceive, recognize, get a better, clearer knowledge of him. So the experience of love, the experience of loving gives you the knowledge of God. The experience of his love towards you and the experience of that love moving through you to someone else, that gives you a clearer idea of who God is because you experience him in action from within. You start to learn what love is by experience. God told me years ago, I think it was in 2005 or 2006. Hello, Greg, it's good to see you there. 2005, 2006, he told me, uh, what is it, what I wanted to say? Uh, firstly, let me just say this, he's popping into my head now. He said, they can't see me, but it, they can see you. <laughs> and if you see me, they will see me in you. Okay. All right, it will come back now. I will... can't remember what. It's just out of my head now when I, when I try to multitask. Okay, let's just greet a few people. Hello, Sarah McCracken. It seems like we're getting a few friends there in Northern Ireland. Hello, Martinette there in Poch. Bless you. To know Christ is the most important thing. Yes, amen. Uh, Trish, good to see you. Bless you. Good morning, everybody. Great day to be alive. Good morning. Yeah, awesome. So, so good to see all of you. Please pray for my sister, Samantha, and her husband. Awesome. We pray. <clears throat> Let's just use this chance 
We pray for all the COVID to be healed. We pray for miracles in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Perfect healing for Samantha and her husband, Willem, in Jesus' name. All right. All right, all right. Okay. All right. If you want to know and understand God, love. Love someone. You experience him from within. Oh, this is what, he wanted to, what I wanted to say. He said to me, there's certain things that you cannot learn through books, through courses. There's certain things that you can only learn through intimate experience. So through intimate experience of him, you get to know him. Through time spent with him, you get to know him. Through letting the love come to you and flow out of you, you get to know love, and God is love. It says in verse 16, 1 John 4, we know and believe the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who, uh, who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in them. Simple as that. All right. And he says, in this union communion. So the flesh union communion, knowing people after the flesh, will deprave good manners and character. But he says, in this union this fellowship with love, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us, and we, are, uh, conf- we have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we. How, how is he? Love. How are we? Love. If we know and believe the love that he cherishes for us. All right. So, let's go to Philippians chapter first, Ephesians 3, and then Philippians 3, and then we're done. Okay. Where shall we? Okay, Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 16. Just listen to the experience that he's talking about. So I want you to, to trust God for an intimate experience in your heart, something where you experience the love of Christ, where it becomes real, not a thought, not some pie in the sky philosophy. I want you to experience it in your heart. And that will happen intimate fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so just listen to this. Ephesians 3.16. May he grant you, so Holy Ghost, we thank you that you granted to us. May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Holy Ghost, come and dwell in us. Holy Spirit, come. Come and dwell in us. May Christ... Through your faith. So it's going to be on purpose. And it's going, to, it's going to be intentional. You're going to seek this out. Okay? May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, abide, make his permanent home in your heart. So how does he abide? You abide in his love and you love someone. You receive his love, you love someone. May you be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love. That you may have the power. So the power to heal the sick comes from being rooted in love. Knowing him, the many be made one in Christ. Then you may have the power. Be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. Lord, we want to grasp the experience of that love. We want the power and be strong to experience that love. What's the breadth, length, height, and depth of it? Okay, I'm not going to go into that. If you want to hear more of that, go to the playlist called The City. Don't want to take a call from 
an insurance company. Thank you. Okay. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints the experience of that love, the breadth, length, height, and depth of it. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ. Oh God, this is my prayer for me, for everyone watching. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. We can't live like this. We can't just do 60 courses and have a lot of knowledge and have no experience. Man, we need to experience His love burning in our hearts, moving us. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence. The more you experience Him, the more He manifests around you. And become a body holy, filled, and flooded with God Himself. That means we are not automatically a body holy, filled, and flooded with God Himself. Oh, everyone, oh, it's finished. Oh, you, I already have the Holy Spirit. I can't say the Holy Spirit come. What nonsense. We need to pursue Him. If He's near, we need to call upon Him. Because the Scripture says, call upon Him while He is near. Isaiah 55. All right? So, I don't call my wife when she's 200 kilometers away. I call her when she's near. Right? In the same way, Holy Spirit, I know you are near. I call upon you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. The very last verse of the New Testament says, Holy Spirit, come. How new do you want to get? Okay. Verse 20. Now to him who, by the consequence of the action of the power that is at work within us, is able to carry out... I scratched so much in my Bible account. To do super abundantly, I can't read that word anymore. <laughs> Far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, hopes, and dreams. So what do you dare to think? Do you dare to think God's thoughts? Do you dare to imagine His word? Do you want to spark your imagination to think the word as if it's for you and in you and through you? Do you dare to imagine yourself raising up the cripples and throwing their crutches away and telling them to walk? Do you dare to imagine to pull people out of their wheelchairs? All done that. So we, uh, we walked, those who don't know, walked for years with Prophet Kobus van Riesburg from Stilfontein, who died in 2013. Uh, they gave him Seven days, and he pushed it to six years with a word of life. Stomach standing like this, swollen with cancer. Like seven things at one time wrong with him. Terminal. There's a lady standing in front of him, exactly the same. Touches her, she's healed. How does this work? I don't know. Once we prayed for him, and it felt like sparks under my fingers when I touched his skin. Okay, so this is the thing that he would do. He would sit and imagine. He would sit and imagine the service. He'd sit and imagine, okay, someone's going to come in with a red scarf on, folded around the head uh, with white dots on it. And the lady has knee pain and diabetes and 
her left ear is deaf. And then he would look in the service. There she sits. And he would just ask, do you have a problem hearing in your left ear? She said, yes, how did you know? Then the rest must be true. And he would just prophesy and it should be healed. Ear popping open like this. He would imagine. He would imagine. So now he starts to learn the thoughts of the Holy Ghost. He starts to learn his thoughts in union with the Holy Ghost through the love of Christ. And that's how you prophesy. <laughs> that's how you give words of knowledge. Is you think it, but knowing this is the mind of Christ. You imagine it, knowing I died, it's Christ inside me. I'm just imagining what's already true in the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit works together with us. Giving expression to the unseen Father. We need to dare to think. We need to dare to imagine. We need to dare to meditate the word. As if we are what this word says we are. We are sons of God through faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And if we are sons, we are heirs. Joint heirs with Christ. That means everything that he is, everything that he has is ours. As he is so are we in this world. Do you dare to imagine that? Do you dare to think it? Do you dare to believe it? What do you believe about yourself? Why don't you just start thinking it? Why don't you just start meditating it? Why don't you just start confessing it? Knowing Christ after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Okay? Knowing Christ is laying hands on the sick. Knowing Christ is showing love. Knowing Christ is forgiving people. Knowing Christ is showing mercy. That's who he is, giving ex expression to the divine nature. Studying the scriptures to know him. Can I throw two more in? I know we're over the time. Let me get insurance company thing away. Oh, come on. Where did I want to go? Second Peter chapter 1. And then we have to do Philippians 3. Because this whole message is about Philippians 3. Second Peter 1 verse 2 says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Grace, peace. Be multiplied to you. The full, in the full, personal, precise, correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. If you start to know him after the Spirit, man, there's so many things that we can go to now. So many things. We can go to First Peter 1. We can go to... What's the other one? It's out of my head now. This divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him. Do you want the power... You've been given all things pertaining, says King James, to life and godliness. But it happens through the knowledge of him. Intimate knowledge of him, after the Spirit. Who called us by and to his own glory and excellence and virtue. By means of these, he has bestowed upon us precious and exceeding great promises. So study the word to see what he promises and who he is. 
so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, the rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust and greed, and become sharers and partakers of the divine nature. The nature is imparted to you because faith in the, because of faith in the promises. The nature is imparted to you because grace and peace is multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God. We need to receive what he gives. We need to think it. We need to speak it. Oh, the other thing was First Corinthians chapter 2. What I have not seen, you, you have not heard, neither has it come up in the heart of man. Those are the things that God has prepared for them that love him. There's so much that God wants to reveal, but he wants to capture your imagination in the scripture and in the spirit. We need to know him after the spirit and not after the flesh. Okay. Philippians chapter 3, then we, we're done. Verse, verse 8. Yet furthermore, I count everything as a loss compared to the precious position, the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ my Lord. No accolades, no degrees, no achievement, no amount of money can surpass knowing him. And he is more committed to this than you are. He wants to make it so easy for us. This is something T.L. Osborne used to say. He said, it's so simple. It's so easy you can miss it. It's so easy. We want difficult. No, it's so easy you can miss it. Deuteronomy 30. It's not too difficult, but it's easy. This command is not too difficult for you. Okay? So he says, I count everything as a loss. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. So all your precious things, all your accolades and achievements, count it as dung in comparison to the excellency of knowing him. Progressively becoming more deeply, intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything. And consider it all to be mere rubbish. In order that I may win and gain Christ. If we don't hold on to all the stuff of the flesh, we can start gaining him. If you would allow yourself... To value the spiritual things more than the fleshly things. Your life, the worth of your life is not what you can do in 24 hours. How hard you can work and how much money you can get and how great you can be in the world's eyes. That's not your value. The purpose of your life has nothing to do with that. Imagine if we pursue knowing him and pursue his presence as much as or more than pursuing excellence in the world, pursuing degrees and knowledge and all that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying let it not be more than him. It's like Heidi Baker says. It's like when she's got a lot of things happening, she says, I have to pray an extra hour. 
break three, four hours just to get through the day because she needs the supernatural to make it happen. It's the same thing Martin Luther said. <laughs> he says, I've got such a busy day, I have to pray three hours. Okay, we need to have a bit of a... I said the other day on Facebook, I said, the purpose of your life, we'll read it now, the purpose of your life is to know Him. That means uh, your idea of success needs need to revisit. <laughs> we, we have a different idea of success than God has. All right, there's nine. That I may actually be found and known in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands or tradition's demands or family's demands. Ritualistic uprightness, supposed right standing with God, thus acquired. But possessing that genuine righteousness, which comes through faith in Christ, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God by Saving grace. Man, that's awesome. Saving faith, sorry. Verse 10. For my determined purpose. Say it. My determined purpose. That's my purpose. That's my goal. Is that I may know him. Lord, I want to know you. Lord, today I want a, a burning fire love experience with you. I want to practically experience it for myself. My determined purpose is that I may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing of his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into the likeness even to his death. I share his suffering by sharing in the result of it. Sharing his sufferings through communion, and I share in his death by baptism. All right. We need to know him more. God can impart knowledge to you in a split second that you, that you couldn't study, have studied out in 10 years. It's just something dropping in your heart. And then it takes you years to explain it, and it just keeps on growing. Just something happens in your heart. And then the words coming out of that is just so deep and rich. I remember years ago, sorry for taking time, but I'm not sorry. Years ago, uh, I was standing in the deed's office as a candidate attorney. Can you believe that? So there's this long wooden table and forms, and you need to fill in the form for every deed you want to get scanned. And so, on. so I had this stack of deeds, and the forms are filled in, everything fine. So now I'm just waiting. So there's a line of people in front of me, a line of people behind me, and everyone is complaining. Everyone. These girls that's typing, they just, and they're so slow, and they just, moan, 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 all around me. And I'm just gone. I'm just thinking, man, I'm just imagining the scriptures. I'm just thinking of something. And suddenly, something dropped in my heart. And I'm like, no way. I just grabbed a form, and on the back of it, I just started writing scripture, 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 references, 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 because of this one thing that in a split second dropped into my heart, and it connected to all these scriptures. I was just blown away, completely oblivious of everything happening around me. Okay, someone would now and then push me as I go forward. Complain, complain, complain. I'm in glory. I'm standing there having an experience with God in the deed's office queue where everyone is moaning what do you value 
What are you imagining? What are you speaking? What are you pursuing? Right? May you know God more and more, more than you've ever known him in your life before. All right. All right. So I can't get this thing to go back to life. Let me just close the, <laughs> the whole app so I can greet you. Facebook. Okay. There we are. Okay. Hello, Eric. It's good to see you there. Eric Malchas. Bless you there from Worcester in the Western Cape. Uh, posts so I can see all the other comments. Did I miss something? Okay. It's Greg and it's Janine and it's Eric. Okay, bless you guys. I think that's everyone. And here on the other one is not anyone else that I need to greet. So, uh, sorry for being so kind of erratic. <laughs> but uh, I hope I, I brought something to your life this morning. I pray that you will just have a deeper understanding of knowing God. And I pray that you will pursue Him with all your heart. All right. So, have an awesome day. May you experience Him more. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Bless you.